welcome to the podcast. This is the second ever podcast and in the last podcast we looked really closely at obviously the worldwide pandemic but what it meant from a human perspective and we tied that in with Scottish Covid law. Now I said that we would follow on and we would look more closely at these different areas, human, not just the human part, but the godly part of everything that's going on, as well as the scientific links in everything that's bound up within Scottish COVID law. So a lot of the emphasis again was on human um, aspects of this and how it tied up with Scottish COVID law. We also looked at, um, you know, how groups were to stay in committed groups if they formed extended households and it wasn't something that was just to change. This all really links in very nicely with God's divine will. You know, it's amazing how COVID, the coronavirus, has this silver lining that we use to turn into gold and just really like hearken to what God's telling us you know that staying at home was all about really finding God being with God at one in one's home meaning in one's own heart and soul right wherever we were at any one time and not just looking at the outside you know the corona of everything and how you know God's found in a building or God might be found here or there or whatever but it was about really being committed and dedicated and as we do that we're able to form and really know how to form you know extended households if that be the case or if it should just be something where we remain in the households that we're in we looked at child protection and the importance of children really being more at the heart and center of these kind of uh, ideas of suggestions of even you know a household um, becoming extended where they are involved this is so essential for god and for god's will Because as we know, the Holy Spirit, God, is who blesses us with children. Children are a blessing, a huge, highly significant blessing by God. God really has overall say-so with regards to children and how they should be cared for. And this is what we really brought um, to to the fore in terms of something that, you know, needed to be more heavily looked at with Scottish COVID law and how children are being treated when it comes to these, you know, particular pieces of guidance that are just kind of being put out there. And as lovely as they are, where it comes to children being really, um, you know, at the fore here or being involved, in other words, um, you know, God really wants us to think carefully, like, is this right? Um, as, you know, we talk about the, the Holy Trinity, um, when you have, like, any situation where two people become one in terms of, you know, a marital situation and they have children from that blessing, um, you know, you're looking at a trinity of even having not just God being at the head of the family, but then within that you have the parents and then the child or the children involved. So it's a very sacred um, dynamic that we are focused on and that we must really uphold, um, you know, God's standards for that. So very, very important, very important that children, you know, as God's blessings um, are being heard in terms of the Holy Spirit, um, you know, working through them and expressing, being allowed to be the ones expressing uh, and really, uh, you know, uh, I guess, um, held in the regard of being blessings so that, you know, w- when we make decisions, they are righteous, godly decisions that honour God's will 
for the way that these blessings, these children in our lives, or a child in, in any case, um, are actually being treated. So very important aspect of all of this when you hear, you know, sort of outside ideas or Scottish COVID guidance or laws, that God is always put first. Yes, absolutely, our government should flow in terms of like the advice that we get should flow from that godly place. That's where it comes from, divine law first into temporal and then all these, um, you know, obvious kind of more um, God and divine and human law and how that comes across is so important. So we're going to extend this into a further um, episode next time. Um, but yeah, this is all about really looking as well at things not being time, date-based, or just, you know, human-based alone, but just like, God, you know, COVID, it just, it, it doesn't know about dates and things. Um, it's about being more at the, um, I suppose, at the surrender of God and nothing below that. Um, so it's the same as God. <laughs> God's will shall be done. It's not us that can really make such a huge kind of like um, definite in terms of like a date, a structure, even of a household, all these different things. We cannot put our will on that ahead of God um, the same way as we cannot do that ahead of coronavirus. And that's what coronavirus really does help to drive home to people is that it doesn't know about dates. It doesn't understand dates. It's not into dates, in other words. And it just does not understand route maps so we need to be the ones to hearken more to God and then from there interpret what is really appropriate and righteous and godly to do in these situations so thanks once again and today we've really kind of like honed in on I suppose the more godly aspects of Scottish COVID law in terms of those committed groups. So you see obviously how this can start linking to like marital relationships and all the rest of it and how um, this idea of people becoming part of, um, you know, extended households or a household is really looking at that idea of, you know, I suppose Mary and Joseph um, and how Joseph kind of, I suppose, came into um, alignment with the Holy Spirit and was able to then take, uh, you know, Mary into that extended, and make that extended household. So he took Mary into her, into his home or their home together and they became that, um, you know, divine marital uh, pair of spouses and their marriage wasn't the same as this kind of like just overly human one. It was a very divine and sacred one. So again, there wasn't an idea of like any huge uh, significant law-based regulations. They didn't do this in a church, for example. So very much the Scottish COVID law sounds a lot like, you know, that idea maybe in certain ways of, you know, this coming together. Um, and in which case it's not always marital in terms of, you know, I'm looking at that. Um, you know, that's not the only aspect of an extended family um, or becoming, you know, like one household. There are other arenas of these households, which, um, you know, the Scottish COVID law and the government are allowing for to take place. So sometimes it's simply just, you know, family members coming together and being in that committed um, group of a household and, uh, you know, 
obviously that becoming more of a kind of commitment or a dedication and that really gives rise to this um, godly aspect of you know making sure you're honoring your parents and looking after them now that as we know when you have items such as you know god also comes in to like bind together but he also sets apart and you know it talks about you know not just that in terms of like uh I suppose like husbands and wives but also how that impacts family members too so it's a very interesting time because we know that also it says that he sets apart at times you know um the what is it the the father and the son or the mother and the daughter mother uh, the um daughter in law or the mother in law, something like that. You know, all these basically um, family members, not only can they be bound together, but they can also be set apart. So it's a very sensitive time during COVID law when we think about, you know, the really godly aspects of like a, a household functioning um, properly that's honorable um, and, and finding that balance within that, making sure, you know, God's always first and center and, and there's that balance there um, in terms of godliness and how this actually like turns out but recognizing that godliness can mean many different things to many different people so it's it's a very interesting time for that in particular and then you know i um i was drawn today to look at the servants of the new covenant and victory through christ so we'll look at that a little bit in more detail as well and um and see how that links in but this is sunday so it is a natural sabbath um and it is a great time to really be focusing in on the godly aspects of all this and what's happening during you know coronavirus and all these new situations um that we have to start you know thinking about or we may be called to think about um yeah i mean it's so relevant right now so let's have a look and see what's coming up and in terms of all this okay and so what i'm really being brought to here you know as i opened up you know how i do it i love to do this it's just i totally surrender and i just open the bible and here i've got you know psalms and it says 100 at the top but it's actually just the end of 100 and it says the lord is good his love is eternal and his faithfulness lasts forever So, you know, that is such a bind. God is the faithful, no matter what we have to consider in our human lives, this binding with God, the divine is just, it's irrelevant what's really going on outside of ourselves. You know, God is always faithful. God is always there for us, no matter where we might go in terms of, you know, the load that we carry, whether it's a heavy burden or a light burden, you know, God is always going to be there for us to just rest in the victory of Christ, which we're going to come back to um, in a minute or two. Oh, I think I've just lost the page. Oh, hopefully I can find it again. Oh yeah, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Good. Um, But yeah, so isn't that wonderful how we just opened at that page and that's what it says. Now, I've got to tell you today, I'm actually uh, recording from my car and an internet access outdoors. It's wonderful. So just a little bit of realness um, and what's going on here. Absolutely excellent, isn't it? So no matter where we go, no matter where we are, you know, God is always central in our lives. 
whether we're recording in a recording studio, whether we're recording at home, whether I'm recording out here, you know, um, getting internet connection elsewhere, because, you know, <laughs> the the church, the pilgrim church can be quite pilgrimy, and that can be happening as well. So that's another aspect that we might want to look at too. You know, um, I had this promise from God, right? So my household um, really became part of a very humble estate in Scotland but for me it was like even although it was very humble and really quite lowly um you know just filled with fields it was spectacular in many other ways the fact that it was just you know I found God there um more clearly than ever like I really had a chance to really like hone my walk with God more than ever although I always had the Holy Spirit it was during my time there that you know it really became abundantly obvious um for many different reasons both good and a a little bit challenging too but it just was the place where it all kind of came together and so for me as um you know it has this really divine sort of sense about it although god is with us everywhere now i had to come away from there although like i was dragging my heels it got to a point where it was just like no look it's you know it started manifesting out with myself in terms of situations but from the beginning and this is a really important part like you know from the beginning I knew that was like a larger promise you know God like gave like Abraham the promise so there's like a larger promise and that was the place that I was meant to be in and I knew it was right but um I also knew that I had my earthen and heavenly fathers um um, real kind of like a commitment to look after my mum and that's this you know honoring God as well I suppose it, it really fits in and ties in with that that's the heavenly father um, and my dad had said to me you know you have to you know, promise me you you will look after your mum now obviously understanding that God sets apart and you know brings together as well you can understand what the relationship can be like with mum and daughter and so I'm like oh my goodness right okay oh so I'm gonna be honest um as wonderful it is and as much as I love my mom because of these situations in life which are natural I was dragging my heels literally to the point where um you know honestly it it would be so much fun maybe there could be there's so many good points that come out of this about you know uh taking care uh of my mom and of course she does so much for me too but I really did drag my heels because I knew that God was also calling me very much to as I say to Glen Tanner to being there um so it was confusing because it's like well God you're telling me this and I know this is right but yet my mom's there and I know like I really have to do something um to help her so it's like getting that balance right and I think that a lot of people might be feeling this you know they might be feeling like called obviously to one thing but then they have this other commitment that they know is right and that they have also been called to so it's kind of like having that ability to like see the bigger picture but also be able to maintain um you know the immediate calling as well and the understanding that no matter where we go we're always joined in heart and soul so you know, while I am drawn back to doing this sort of a uh, part of, of life, <laughs> I was very much dragging my heels to do as amazing as it is. Because, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, um, you know, my original, my place of origin, obviously heaven is amazing. <clears throat> but my place of origin, you know, um, Ayrshire itself is one of 
you know, the most amazing places aside from family and like all the kind of like um, amenities and facilities there, you know, the worldly aspects are part of God. But, you know, you know, God has really done an amazing thing. Ayrshire is just like one of the most beautiful places in the world and we get the best of both worlds. So we have like the countryside and those rolling hills, the greenery, we have these beautiful sort of isolated parts too, but we actually have the amazingness of having the sea there. So we have like this amazing, beautiful beach and the most audacious, awesome sunsets in the world. So, um, I, I mean, I can't describe it. We, you know, the sun sets right over Aden and it's one of the most idyllic, beautiful uh, sights to see probably in the world and I just I always have been drawn to that it's just stunning but we can't place that ahead of God God always has to be first and we know that there's always this message of you know not idolizing hill and country and all these you know and trees and wood and you know thingness of the world although that is brought by God it's God that is the giver of all this so it's to God that we should always look first to and foremost too. And then one says, well, how can you separate if, you know, if they can't be separated, how could you, you know, how can we make such a difference or or kind of like a disparity? Is there any disparity even there anyway? If it's the fact that, you know, the Lord is good, his love is eternal and his faithfulness lasts forever. He's constant, you know. Um, Anyway, so I'm going to now look at the love of God. But before that, we're going to look at a king's promise. And here we just go a little bit off track from COVID a lot at this time. But you never know, we might find a little aspect that we can draw close to on this. So a little bit of a longer um, podcast today. We're now sitting at 17 minutes and we're going to look at a king's promise. It's 17.50. My song is about loyalty and justice. And I sing it to you, O Lord. My conduct will be faultless. When will you come to me? I will live a pure life in my house and will never tolerate evil. I hate the actions of those who turn away from God. I will have nothing to do with them. I will not be dishonest and will have no dealings with evil. I will get rid of anyone who whispers evil things about someone else. I will not tolerate a man who is proud and arrogant. I will approve of those who are faithful to God and will let them live in my palace. Those who are completely honest will be allowed to serve me. No liar will live in my palace. No hypocrite will remain in my presence. Day after day, I will destroy the wicked in our land. I will expel all evil men from the city of the Lord. Oh, thanks be to God. Wow, what was I saying? And someone just went by with a a, a number plate with the end of it, uh, you know, had L on it right at the very end. Wow. 
thanks be to God, he's definitely here with us. So let's really go further into this. I said that we would, we, you know, we're kind of going away from like COVID law a little bit, but you never know, we might find something in it. But did we ever find everything related to COVID law and this, you know, idea of committed households and, and also, you know, the honouring um, of God over and above that was in every part of this Psalm 101. Wow, oh my goodness. My song is about loyalty and justice, okay? So already we've got that sense of this is about putting God first. This is about having a balance. This is about really kind of understanding that within everything I do, you know, I've got to put God first. Um, And from there, that means I'm, I'm, you know, if my conduct will be faultless, you know, when will you come to me? So again, we also have to think, you know, what is that conduct? Well, putting God is first. Then it's also the sanctification um, through Jesus Christ of becoming, you know, and being, I suppose, righteous uh, before God because, um, not because of human, being a human alone and, um, you know, how we are always perfecting. So therefore never being completely perfect, but being saved by Christ who makes us perfect in his love. So understanding that is that obviously if it says I will live a pure life in my house, so from my own spirit, that's my own, my house in terms of myself, not just whatever building I might be occupying or um, in, but it's really going to be about looking at that within the temple of one's heart and soul, within one's body, keeping a pure um, spirit and soul and keeping therefore a pure body and therefore, um, you know, a pure house. I will never tolerate evil. So that means we're not allowing evil to come into ourselves, into our own minds, our spirits, and uh, we won't tolerate it. So we will rebuke any, um, you know, I suppose, ungodliness um, in the sight of bearing witness to God. Um, Even where it comes to, I suppose, being um, told off for our own uh, you know if we're even not tolerating it it's also having a peace within oneself because you're accepting of your own like your own thoughts your own ideas your um self-accepting um through seeing that all of that in the eyes of god too this is really interesting isn't it because obviously you wouldn't um be able to tolerate evil so that means you wouldn't be tolerating the devil's condemnation of self or others but yet here we we hear that it says and this is where it gets kind of contradictory but it's also about balance this is what the justice is you know that balance of the scales it says here i'll have nothing wait a minute i hate the actions of those who turn away from god so i mean it, it means we can't turn away from god so if there's anyone outside of ourselves and our uh, you know if we're considering someone or being in our household that, that wouldn't be able to put God first, then we know that that is not something we will tolerate. It's not something that we should tolerate in terms of Scottish COVID law. When it comes down to it, when we're talking about these extended households, goodness gracious, you know, you cannot tolerate someone who is evil, someone who doesn't put God first. So that means, therefore, it makes it very definite about who is really going to be allowed to be in these um you know extended household you know 
So um, I guess we'd need to be careful because if it says, you know, you don't tolerate evil, then that means you can't tolerate condemnation. So we'd be very careful about who we um, term and classify as godly and who we think is following God in terms of not only ourself and our own spirit and being kinder and compassion to us, but also that of how, um, you know, we might view others outside of ourselves in terms of that um, shared household idea. And also the importance of um, our children and how we um, bear witness to God ourselves and um, with them, alongside them too. And it says here, I, you know, what is it? I have nothing to do with, with them who turn away from God, in other words. So very important that, you know, we're not bringing people into the household that aren't godly that don't put God first so what do we do then in the case where um you know we might be called to look after like you know to honor parents and things like that and then you know you're godly but maybe your parent isn't or someone else like that and it's like well God you told me to honor you I'm supposed you know and I know my own human dad told me to honor um this commitment to do this but what about that what if it says you know I'm not going to God's saying, but you must put me first. Um, we know we don't really want to be um, tolerating anyone who's disloyal to God. So again, that's going to be a relevant, um, thoughtful discussion or discourse um, that needs to take place there. Um, it says, I will not be dishonest. So again, we can't, we've got to be honest about this. We have to be honest within ourselves. And we also have to be um, understanding that there might be slight... Um, deviations from how we uh, we were once going about um, honoring this to how we maybe need to go about it we need to be honest with God first about what it really means and that means going into depth of detail it says I will have no dealings with evil and it says I will get rid of anyone who whispers evil things about someone else now this is the difficulty because as soon as you do that then you're judging that person which we're told not to judge so it's a very interesting psalm but I think that it really is helpful if we look at it in terms of how we can make sure that we are putting God first in our own lives. So we're not like tolerating it within ourselves in terms of like a human being. And then therefore we'll be more accepting or more naturally in a place to be surrounded by those who are also um, not tolerating that, but who are tolerating only the faithfulness to God and being godly within oneself and each other. Um, having that as well. Together, I will approve, as he says here, and this is really good, so I will approve of those who are faithful to God and will let them live in my palace. Those who are completely honest will be allowed to serve me. No liar will live in my palace, no hypocrite will remain in my presence. Day after day, I will destroy the wicked in our land and I will expel all evil men from the city of the Lord. So when we talk about hypocrites, we talk about also, um, you know, honesty and dishonesty and only those who are faithful and honest to be allowed in. So this is really important that, you know, because Jesus did say, well, talk about it not as it is, but as you want it to be and also to pray for for something if there's something that you want so therefore that means a change in your circumstances like you want something to change when you pray for it and you're asking for it that means you want something different from what you have so first you have to be in thanksgiving so you have to be appreciative for what you already have but then you have to if you're asking for more and um, you have to recognize first to be thankful for what you have then with supplication um you know um petition 
we have to then pray for what more it is that we want and then believing in that. So that is believing beyond the immediate circumstances. And some people might view this, and this is when it gets really interesting, of course. Some people might say, well, um, you know, you're believing that you have it because you see it in the spirit. You're not going on sight. So some people on the outside, when you declare, I have this and I know because I see it in the spirit, but they don't see it physically. So again, people link this to law of attraction and things like that, but it really is a godly thing, right? It really is all biblical as well. It's all about God. It's all about the Holy Spirit, right? And how things manifest. And it's about belief and faith. So the thing is to have full faith in God and the spirit might mean that to others or even yourself at times when the worldly aspect of it has to um, change it has to actually manifest in a new way and um, that might mean that you can sometimes view uh, because of the disparity or the time that it takes for something to manifest fully and it's fullest that might look dishonest then right come on let's be honest it might look dishonest because if you're declaring um this is true because it's in the spirit this is true this is true this is true but actually it's not manifested physically to others when you say that then it's going to look dishonest so what does this really mean it means of course i have a high degree of wisdom (laughs) yay and it means that obviously the davidic line has come to a newer updated version of wisdom because this is always part of it it's always been part of the davidic line to have a lot of wisdom or to to want to to gain more wisdom and that's why um you know the davidic line rules because you know we're putting full faith in god and we're open uh, to obviously to mercy to surrender to god and to know that we still got to you know advance more in other words we truly put god first so when we make statements we're doing it on the you know, and the Davidic line does it on the best level that they can at that time, but it's always been known to ascend into greater levels, um, as we all do in our world. So with regards to the COVID law, we need to understand that, yeah, there's a divine law um, above that, that, you know, things, whilst, you know, they are being um, manifested into temporal law and then um you you know the human world catching up we need to really think carefully about what we mean by faith faithfulness to god in other words to the spiritual aspect of that um, and being honest about that and while that might look to some um is being dishonest because they don't see the physical um, reality of that um, manifested it's important to understand the time in between and to be truest to God and know that's the highest truth so there's going to be like um you know a prayer for people to have wisdom about what truth is in other words what faith is in the spirit and that time frame gap of things manifesting into the present um, and uh, what that really means so a prayer for wisdom upon all people on that will be very good and important at this time especially when we look at this covid law and so um yeah no liar will live in my palace no hypocrite will remain in my presence day after day i will destroy the wicked in our land and i will expel all evil men from the city of the lord okay so again, you know, that's naturally going to happen. It, it doesn't have to be something that is done by force. It's just going to naturally sort of like take place. Um, and whether for some people is them, 
moving away from those that are um, like that, um, coming into kind of greater clarity of their own truth and faith with God, or whether it is actually um, us expelling that ourselves. It can look very different in different ways. And of course, we do know that even Jesus was expelled, made, you know, the cornerstone. Um, so in any case, there is always help and a focus of um, possibility for anyone in this case that no one's ever completely lost that while this is happening people can come into greater greater clarity greater honesty greater faith in themselves and each other now i'm at 144 my goodness i have been absolutely going for 31 minutes so 55 seconds now um and that is well over half an hour. I'm very pleased. I'm going to go on to the love of God now. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul. And do not forget how kind he is. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He keeps me from the grave and blesses me with love and mercy. He fills my life with good things so that I stay young and strong like an eagle. The Lord judges in favour of the oppressed and gives them their rights. He revealed his plans to Moses and let the people of Israel see his mighty deeds. The Lord is merciful and loving, slow to become angry and full of constant love. He does not keep on rebuking. He is not angry forever. He does not punish us as we deserve or repay us for our sins and wrongs. As high as the sky is above the earth, so great is his love. For those who honour him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our sins from us. As kind as a father is to his children, so kind is the Lord to those who honour him. He knows what we are made of. He remembers that we are dust. As for us, our life is like grass. We grow and flourish like a wild flower. Then the wind blows on it and it is gone. No one sees it again. But for those who honour the Lord, his love lasts forever. And his goodness endures for all generations of those who are true to his covenant and who faithfully obey his commands. The Lord placed his throne in heaven. He is king over all. Praise the Lord, you strong and mighty angels who obey his commands, who listen to what he says. Praise the Lord, all you heavenly powers, you servants of his who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his creatures, in all the places he rules. Praise the Lord, my soul. And thank you. Um, thanks be to God for this word. And as the Holy Spirit kind of moves through us today, you know, in this, we are taken to this, the word is covenant, right? And so that is his commitment. The commitment has to be first with God. And when that's recognized, this commitment, this covenant, in other words, this promise, this dedication can be more secure, can be more successful um, and can take place, you know, with these households, right? Okay, so within us first as individuals and potentially with shared households. Now, victory through Christ, but thanks be to God for in union with Christ, we are always led by God as prisoners in Christ's victory procession. God uses us to make the knowledge about Christ spread everywhere like a sweet fragrance. And so we're going to go on to this, the servants of the covenant. Okay, so that word covenant 
is really important. Does this sound as if we were again boasting about ourselves? Could it be that like some other people, we need letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are the letter we have written on our hearts for everyone to know and read. It is clear that Christ himself wrote this letter and sent it by us. It is written, not that with ink, but with the spirit of the living God and not on stone tablets, but on human hearts. Okay, now here you're getting the idea of that godly union. So the godly covenant, the godly household, it didn't need to be written in ink. It doesn't need to be something that is in, um, you know, that term of uh, law, but it does need to be godly. You know, um, a godly marriage or a godly household is not something that's written in ink. It isn't just about, you know, you've got married uh, in a church, you've got married in a register or you, wherever you've got, you know, you've signed something, you've made that covenant, that declaration that way um, and you have a ring to show for it or a couple of rings or whatever and, um, you know, you wore a white dress and that person wore a suit or wore a mm, highland kilt, whatever the choice may be, it is not about the things. It's not about the things. It's about God. It's about God. It's written in the hearts. This is the true royal. Oh yes, the true, let me say it again, the true real royal kingdom, right? This is the true real royal sovereign. This is sovereignty. It's when you do everything by God through the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? And let's move on from this. We say this because we have confidence in God through Christ. There is nothing in us that allows us to claim that we are capable of doing this work. The capacity we have comes from God. It is he who made us capable of serving the new covenant, which consists not of a written law, but of the Spirit. The written law brings death, but the Spirit gives life. The law was carved in letters on stone tablets, and God's glory appeared when it was given, even though the brightness of Mo on Moses' face was fading. It was so strong that the people of Israel could not keep their eyes fixed in him. If the law which brings death, when it is in force, came with such glory... How much greater is the glory that belongs to the activity of the Spirit? Right. This is what moves our law. We have a written law. It was given in glory, even like the COVID law. It's given in the glory of God. It's the same as Moses. You know, when it was written on tablet, it was given in the glory of God. And it comes through God, right? It comes through the sovereign. When I um, understand these through the Spirit, you know, we can talk about it these they become a law they can become this but there's nothing more important than the spirit because it's the spirit that keeps ascending our laws it keeps ascending our understanding and our wisdom and into new ways of being so there's nothing as fast as the spirit and the activity of the spirit is the most important but people might say well hang on a second what about those that go against um the law in such an ungodly way. No, we're not talking about people like that. We're not saying that people should go against the law in an ungodly way. We're talking about the godliness of the fact that, um, you know, new laws um, are created by godliness. Like, for example, sometimes people have to rise above the law in a godly state to change it in a good way. Like, let's think about Rosa Parks sitting at the front 
of the bus because God spoke to her in the spirit and told her she was worthy. There are good intentions in changing aspects of the law or, for example, how like you will see COVID law changing as we ascend and, and progress. That is part of the human law becoming changed through the glory of God. But the, it has to first come from that spiritual place which is so important and above it all, that of the divinity of God speaking through us. Now, the system which brings condemnation was glorious. How much more glorious is the activity which brings salvation? So again, is that finding Christ. So again, when people do things, if they're doing something against the law, that's not because they've had salvation in Christ. They're, you know, in other words, like Rosa Parks found that salvation. She found herself, her self-worth and did that act. Now, that was a good um, way to behave. But when people go against things for wrong reasons, that is not what we're talking about here. But yes, of course, there is a salvation of the Lord that still can be found, but they need to surrender to that. They don't need to surrender to anything ungodly or to anything below um, themselves. Um, and that's a problem. When people fall to something that is below themselves, that is not godly. And that is not a good way to like, you know, like argue, oh, well, you know, we'll not fall below that way. No, that's not what God is saying here. God is saying that the law is righteous, but there's something even more righteous that we need to put first, and that's God and the divine law, right? That's what we're saying here. And so if people find that they have done something that is not with good intent, there is that salvation, but they first have to realize that and surrender completely to God to be able to have that. So it's only through that acceptance of Jesus Christ that they have that salvation. It's so utterly important to talk about this right now. We may say that because of the far brighter glory now, the glory that was so bright in the past is gone. For if there was glory in that which lasted for a while, how much more glory is there in that which lasts forever? Exactly. So because we have this hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses who had to put a veil over his face so that the people of Israel would not see the brightness fade and disappear. Their minds indeed were closed and to this very day their minds are covered with the same veil as they read the books of the old covenant. <laughs> Thanks be to God. Oops. The veil is removed only when a person is joined to Christ. <gasps> Even today, whenever they read the law of Moses, the veil still covers their minds. But it can be removed, as the scripture says about Moses. His veil was removed when he turned to the Lord. And now the Lord, in this passage, is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is present, there is freedom. All of us then reflect the glory of the Lord with uncovered faces and that same glory coming from the Lord who is a spirit, transforms us into his likeness in an even greater degree of glory. So, <laughs> we can look at this. There is a message here for us to understand that, you know, what about face coverings? We talked about veils. Now we're talking, you know, we can really link this. Wow. Right, I'm going to put a flag on this. I've put a flag on it 42 minutes. Wow. So we're going to tie it up for about an hour's time or just whenever the Lord calls. Um, 
but yeah, so basically the Lord is speaking, you know, we have to surrender to this. I'm going to have to surrender to this. You know, I've been giving out, um, you know, measures and the law was uh, made clear in terms of protecting people, especially um, those who were um, under the law and who um, didn't really like have the, the full faith we're going to be more at risk uh, from COVID. Not all, don't get me wrong, not all, but we're going to be probably more at risk. And so therefore we had to kind of like veil um, for, in terms of like face coverings, to make sure we were being good role models. Now this is part of our COVID regulations. So we have regulations that state, you know, this is COVID law, that, you know, you wear a face covering. Well, okay, so it's, it's not set in stone law, but it is like, you know, this is the guidance that where, you know, this is like uh, taking place, then we need to kind of also be good role models, but we need to protect each other and ourselves. So wearing like a face mask, for example, has become um, almost kind of like like that part of the law. And um, some might say that's like a link to this part in the Bible. Now, I didn't know that that was going to be something that I was going to um, discuss today. It wasn't pre-planned. Remember, I'm always in the surrender of God. Sometimes I'll take like a plan and I'll write up with God and then deliver that way. But today is completely surrendered. Um, I did know that from yesterday we were going to look at certain things, but I did not plan for this. So God's just come straight through in here and is making us see um, really about what this means in terms of the spirit transforming. So I think that this is going to be very much like linked to um, that of face coverings um, and the Scottish COVID law. Hopefully um, it also will mean that um, we're going to start to see somewhat of a lifting of um obviously like everything going on with like coronavirus and stuff like that and um people will be able to to go out and um and have faith and know that you know things are going to be okay but we still need to get that balance because we've we do have the law so we need to kind of like be very careful about how we decide or what we actually do um and understand that yes you know that veil is removed when one is joined to Christ that can always actually be like linked to like a marriage you can see that as someone takes off their veil then there is that kind of like you know that's the point where they're they become married and there's also that so we can look at this in a um completely even more innocent way not just in terms of like Although you could say, obviously, a godly marriage is innocent. But, um, you know, to look at it in even more of a purer sense, the purest sense in, like, you know, how we are actually going about as individuals and um, what we're doing with face masks. Now, that might be something that, you know, again, I do not want to... I don't want to just look at this and say, okay, you know, that means that you just do not um, appreciate the law or the guidance. Um, it's very important that we understand that there is going to be um, an importance for people to still go about doing this, um, depending on their level. And we also have to think about, okay, um, we have to need to need to really consider uh, how we are role modeling. Do we want role model things that are going to keep people safe? So might we still have to do that? Or is God actually telling us here 
we need to start thinking about how we're role modeling the faith in Christ. What does that mean in terms of role modeling for those that have the faith, but also for those that don't, I mean, or that, you know, need to kind of like be nurtured um, into or not nurtured like in a physical way, but need to be nurtured from the spirit, maybe even through intercession and prayer that, you know, things actually um, ascend for them or become clearer for them in terms of their faith as well. And um, therefore that they might be in a little bit more of a sensitive situation with regards to their health and safety. Do we just stop wearing face coverings, um, you know, and that needs to be a discussion. I think it really needs to be a discussion, but God's definitely bringing it up. So something that now, maybe we weren't ready to look at before, um, but now we have to maybe think about this a little bit more now in terms of face coverings and also faith and being joined in Christ. So that's going to be the next part of, I guess, Scottish COVID guidance. Um, it's definitely coming up here. So we're going to need to actually like think about that. Is it still right to veil? Is it still right to cover the face? Now, I think in terms of Scottish law, it's actually been made mandatory that people wear that as they travel in like um, shared sort of like um, small spaces in particular, definitely in enclosed areas it has been up until now. And um, Westminster um, definitely made a U-turn. They are, you know, turned back and um, started uh, understanding the importance of face coverings for a while. Um, but they have made it clear that they want that in all of their kind of like um, routes of travel for definite and of course Scotland has done the same and I think probably the other nations too so again this has to be addressed we're gonna have to like see that well God's bringing this to us so again you know I'm surrendered to God I know that God definitely had time where that was important to do um not in terms of Moses like hiding his face for that reason but um a veil for health and safety under a pandemic so we need to look at this is there something similar in this that we can take away or is it different what's god actually saying to us with regards to this can this be linked to the coronavirus and face coverings or not let's open that up for discussion and um, go a little bit further in depth but god did give moses all those um laws before for example um, just like God gave us all the laws and the regulations for coronavirus before, but now is God shifting things? Let's question that. Are things being shifted now? Does God want us to shift things? And what does it mean? The fact that, you know, we, we did this at one point now we're, we're moving on. Is this the case? So let's really think about that, everybody. That's wonderful how that's came up. Um, and you know that I'm very honest in terms of um, when I look at different, you know, parts of the Bible, I don't plan it unless um, God has given me like a day before that none of this today has been. So it's all come up very naturally and by the Spirit. So thanks be to God for this. This is clearly going to be something that we have to think about next. So, um, yeah, we're now about 50 minutes and um, I am going to move on to... I might actually have to put the heating on. It's like, it, is, it is June. It is June and it has been very warm, but today it's quite rainy. Um, we're very lucky, thanks be to God, that we have such a balance of weather, which so keep the fields green too and 
keep everyone nurtured and it's just so amazing that we do but again you know he's a little bit cooler today as a result so god where are you taking us next with regards to this and we you know we do have a, a very big link to living by the faith there and we did find out that, we, you know, there was definitely something about, you know, going really into the New Testament and not going back. That definitely were saying that, weren't they? That there was, there was definitely something about people. Now, this is the first time I've read this in this version. Now, remember, I have been reading from different Bibles. So this is the first time we know it's a living text and the Holy Spirit is the living text. As we say, is written in the hearts and souls. So there is that call to come out of Scripture more and more and more and just have it from the heart and soul. Now, we know there's the Old Testament, right? Um, and we've just heard there, as I said, that, well, we need to kind of be careful with that and we need to be in the New Testament. So the next um, piece of reading I'm going to take is going to be in complete surrender um, to that guidance uh, there, which is very godly, um, that we must be in this new covenant. We also must be taking more time from the heart and the soul with the, the text being on our hearts and souls, sealed with God in that way by the Spirit. But as we um, look guided by the Spirit into some of the, more of the New Testament, let's see what we are going to um, be informed. And I really enjoy this. So let's see. Oh my goodness, we've got Paul's joy. Nice. It says here at the very top though, for we are the, oh my goodness, thanks be to God, right? Oh my goodness gracious, this is amazing. Right. 2 Corinthians 6 and it's right at um, 2 Corinthians 6 and the top of the page is following on from 16. For we are the temple of the living God. Holy Lord of God, thanks be to God. Let me say it again. For we are the temple of the living God. So again, this is this is really joining everyone into the spirit. This is why we were called out. And this is why coronavirus, this is the gold, right, of coronavirus. This is why we're called out of the temple because we had to. And I was, um, you know, highlighting this again today with one of my friends who lives up in Aberdeenshire. And um, we're having a little um, two-week conversation on this. And it's, you know, he was saying, we want to bring a bit of the Holy Spirit through our recordings, you know, with the church to people to bring. It's like, but this is what God's saying, like the coronavirus situation. And, you know, thanks be to him, though, because here I'm doing this too. But it's not giving people the Holy Spirit. It's sharing the Holy Spirit. And it's like knowing that it's coming from ourselves. And so this facilitation is facilitating that no matter where people are, that they have to have God within them. They have to become the temple. They have to be the temple of God and simply be that temple. And it doesn't matter where we are, as we said at the beginning, we have God with us. So that's the whole purpose. That's the spiritual gold and the physical gold of the coronavirus. You know, there's always um, a silver lining to anything that might appear negative. That's it. This is the biggest one, is that we really get to focus God in the spirit, the heart and the soul, where 
wherever we are, that we are the temple of the living God. Oh, thanks be to God. So as God himself has said, I will make my home with my people and live among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. And so the Lord says, you must leave them and separate yourselves from them. It's referring to people that have pagan idolatry. In other words, people that, you know, look towards things or the world or particular places, um, you know, and uh, that's referred to as pagan idolatry. So not to be pagan means to actually, obviously to reform, but to put God first and like, you know, we are the temple of God. So having it written on our hearts, in other words, like being like Mary and Joseph, you know, their con- um, covenant was like a spiritual one. So it's about everything being based on the spirit and like looking to God above everything. So everything being divine um, about ourselves is what God's really saying here. So that's making ourselves pure, that's purification, that is cleanliness. So having nothing to do with what is unclean, and I will accept you. I will be your father, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. There you go. And that's what makes us clean. Being the temple of the living God. Not looking for outside of ourselves in a physical building like a church. Not looking for it in sacraments outside of ourselves. God is with us. All these things were pre-ascension, they were Moses, were, um, and they were even part of Jesus before Jesus ascended. So we have to understand the Holy Spirit is going to give us new ideas, ascended with God, as in Jesus, the risen Lord, right? But in any case, this is going to be part of that shifting and changing, because even part of the New Testament that we were informed to go to does have, um, you know, Jesus uh, breaking bread. It's not to say it's wrong or bad. It's about the intention and it's about just taking that period of time of making sure that there's not an idolatry to that. But the the um, the first place is given to God, that God is first. So that's why this coronavirus, us shutting down the churches, as being at home, at home means exactly that, having um, the temple of God, being the temple of God. Now, Paul's joy. All right, we've got around three minutes. I'm not going to just like cut off unless I'm called by the Lord, but you know, I am on 57 minutes or over that. So we're going to look at Paul's joy. Paul's joy. Make room for us in your hearts. We have wronged no one. We have ruined no one, nor tried to take advantage of anyone. I do not say this to condemn you, for as I have said before, you are so dear to us, that we are always together, whether we live or die. I am so sure of you, I take such pride in you. In all our troubles, I am still full of courage. I am running over with joy. Even after we arrived in Macedonia, we had no rest. There were troubles everywhere, quarrels with others, fears in our hearts. But God, who encourages the downhearted, encouraged us with the coming of Titus. It was not only his coming that cheered us, but also his report of how you encouraged him. He told us how much you want to see me, how sorry you are, how ready you are to defend me, and so I am even happier now. For even if that letter of mine made you sad, I am not sorry I wrote it. I could have been sorry when I saw that it made you sad for a while. 
But now I am happy, not because I made you sad, but because your sadness made you change your ways. That sadness was used by God. And so we caused you no harm. For the sadness that is used by God brings a change of heart that leads to salvation. Wow, thanks be to God.